Last week we talked about traditions. We talked about we talked about superstitious beliefs which seem to excite many of us. Our superstitious beliefs, which many times um, is what forms our traditional beliefs. And so we talked about these things. And we talked about, you know, some of the traditional beliefs within the Hmong culture. Uh, we talk, talked about some of the superstitious beliefs within the Hmong culture. We also talked about some of the um, traditions that we have in our mainstream American culture and also some of the superstitious beliefs that we have in our American uh, tr- uh, mainstream culture. And so these are some of the things that, you know, we, we, we were excited to, to really talk about. And we talked about traditional things, tradi- traditional holidays such as, you know, even Thanksgiving, Christmas, and Easter, things of these uh, sor- sorts of things. And, you know, we, we, when we read the scripture, there is nothing in the Bible that says we are to celebrate Christmas on December 25th, right? And so, you know, we, so we also talked about some of the things that are, you know, kind of gray areas, I suppose, kind of gray areas in which the Bible was not very, very uh, adamant about. It's not very black and white in the Bible. And so the question that we were, we were proposing was how do, we, how do we deal with these things? How do we discern God's will concerning these things that, you know, like when the Bible is not telling us that we are to do you know, celebrate Christmas on a certain date or things of that sort. And we know that there's many different denominations out there. There's other denominations out there, they don't celebrate Christmas at all, right? They don't celebrate Christmas at all. They don't celebrate Easter at all because in the scripture, there's nothing there that says you are to celebrate Christmas on December 25th. And so they don't celebrate it at all. Uh, for us, we, we celebrate as part of our tradition, right? It's part of our tradition. We also talked about how Christmas Eve, you know, last week when we had the Hmongs here with, for combined service, we kind of talked about how for Christmas Eve it means a lot to us in the American you know, um, mainstream culture, but for the Hmongs it doesn't really mean that much to them. It doesn't really mean a lot to them. They, they don't really relate to that as much as what we, we do you know, in the mainstream American culture. And so uh, we talked about some of the superstitious beliefs, like for my, my family, for the Yang clan and the Hmongs, we can't eat heart, right? We can't eat heart because there's the superstitious belief that if we were to eat a heart, then we will go blind. Okay, so that's a superstitious belief. So all the Yangs in our church, including myself, we don't eat heart. You know, we don't eat heart. And we talked about, uh, you know, walking under a ladder. We talked about, you know, can't break a mirror and things of that sort. Some, some of the superstitious beliefs that we have in, in our mainstream culture. And so we, can, so we come to this text here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 23 to verse 33, in which the Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul is dealing with some of the traditional things within his culture, some of the superstitious beliefs in his culture, and the, and the thing that he's dealing directly with within these, these uh, Bible verses here is the eating of meat that has been offered to idol. And so it's a, it's a big thing for their culture. In the Hmong culture right now, that's still a big thing too. Okay, that's still a big thing, too, because I have many, uh, fa- many family, you know, within my family that they still practice shamanism. And by practicing shamanism, many of the parties that they do, they offer their food to, um, to these spirits. And so in the Hmong culture, I can kind of relate to that. I think the American, you know, in the American more mainstream culture, we, we, we don't really, you know, deal with that as much any, anymore. But we still deal with traditional stuff. 
right? We still deal with traditional stuff that's part of our culture, such as Christmas, Easter, and things of that sort. And a lot of times there's disagreements. Like every single Christmas, man, every single Christmas, you always see all these different articles from all these different denominations, all these different churches about whether or not it's right to um, celebrate Christmas because, you know, like I said, in the Bible, it doesn't say we are to celebrate Christmas on the 25th. And so how does the Apostle Paul, how does he go about dealing with these issues? And so here in verse 23, the very first thing that he says, the very first thing that he says is this. He says, I have the right to do anything, right? He says, I have the right to do anything. And he is proclaiming his freedom within Christianity. He is proclaiming his freedom within uh, Jesus Christ. And he's saying that with Jesus Christ, we are free. And Jesus Christ, we are free. There is no more fear, right? We have no more fear. As a yang, I can eat a heart without, you know, fearing that I'm going to go blind, right? And we have all these fears. We can, still, we can walk on, under a ladder, you know. We're not going to have any more fears. All these superstitious beliefs that we have, it's all gone. It's all gone because we have been set free by Jesus Christ, Okay, so that's what the first thing, the very first thing that the Apostle Paul talks about is that there is freedom. When we deal with these kinds of issues, when we deal with these kinds of gray areas that's not so black and white in the scriptures, then of course we've discussed that if something is very clear in the scripture, then we are to go along with the scripture. We're not to, you know, disobey the scriptures. But something that is black and white, something that is not very, uh, something that's gray, something that's not very, very clear in the scripture, something such as these, then the Apostle Paul, the first thing he says is that we have the right to do it. We are free. We are free. You know, today we can drive a car, right? Many, many people, uh, many Christians, the, the, the Amish, they don't, they don't like to drive cars. But, you know, Paul says, you can do these things. I don't know, there's many denominations in the, in the mainstream culture, in our, in our American mainstream culture. They can't even go to the theaters, right? They can't even dress up to go to the prom, right? But the Apostle Paul is not saying that, you know, you, you are now becoming uh, um, bonded uh, you're now in bondage to these things. That's not what he's saying, but he's saying there is no more fear. That you're able to do all these things. So you can celebrate Christmas. You can celebrate Easter. Okay? We have this, yesterday when I was down in Fresno, once again, I was down in Fresno. I've been going to Fresno too much these past, this past month. And I was down in Fresno again because uh, one of the, the, the caucus leaders from Wisconsin came to visit us and he wanted to meet me. So I went down there and then this morning, he came, he came here, and he, he gave a little presentation to the monks this morning. And so, you know, when we went there, the, we, we had, a, we had a, a gentleman that joined us. He's from the Seventh-day Adventists. And, of course, for them, you can't do anything on Saturday, right? That the only time that you are supposed to worship God is on Saturday and nothing else. That's all he talked about, and that's all he talked about. We, you know, we're Methodists, so we're open, so we allowed him to talk. You know, we allowed him to express his views, and he got up there, and he started preaching, you know. Uh, he wasn't supposed to preach. We thought he was going to sing a song, right? <laughs> so we thought, he told us he was going to sing a song, so we thought he was going to sing a song, and he got up there, and he started talking about worshiping on Saturday, and that, that's the right thing to do, right? And so, but when we look at Scripture, we also see that in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, that the scripture tells us that the early Christians, that they joined together on the first day, on the first day. 
And so a lot of times, a lot of times as Christians, we hate those Catholics so much, so we just try to blame everything on the Catholics, right? You know, everything we do is, is we try to blame the Catholics for everything. That's, that these things are what the Catholics did. You know, they, they changed the days of the Sabbath, so forth, right? We blame everything on the Catholics because we just have this, I don't know, we just, a lot of times Christians just have this animosity towards the Catholics, right? Because back in the days, the Catholics were persecuting us. But, and so, but, a lot, but the thing that, that the Apostle Paul is talking about here is that the Apostle Paul is not, he's saying that you don't want, you are free. In other words, in other words, as a Christian, as a Christian, you're not obligated to worshiping God on a certain day. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, we should be worshiping God every single day because in Christ, Jesus Christ is the Sabbath, right? And we believe that that the seventh day, that, that seventh day, the Saturday, the, the Sabbath on Saturday is, is simply a symbol that points us towards Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. Traditionally, the way that they do it in the Jewish culture is from the evening of, of Friday all the way to the evening of Saturday. So, so that's, that's typically how the Jewish practice the Sabbath day. Yeah, so that's, that's how they do it. And so uh, throughout, you know, throughout their tradition, throughout their culture, they've always... Um, you know, they've always practiced the Sabbath in that way. Um, and so a lot of times we, we, we blame the Catholics, that the Catholics have changed the day of the Sabbath. But, you know, as Christians, you know, there's, there's many different uh, theological um, um, viewpoints towards this. I, I, tend to come from the, I tend to come from the theological viewpoint that we have not changed the day of the Sabbath. But then what we've done is we, have, we, understand, we understand that the Sabbath day is only points us towards Jesus Christ, and it is in Christ that is our true Sabbath, okay? And Jesus Christ is, in, is our true Sabbath, and that's what the Bible teaches us, that Christ is our, our Sabbath. He is the one that we find rest in. And so, it's, so, when, so when we're in Christ, we're, our whole lives, you see, our whole lives, every single day, every single minute of our lives is dedicated to God. It's to be dedicated to God. So, so we're, not, we're not saying that, you know, we're, we're only dedicating this day to God or that day to God or, you know, a certain thing to God, but we're dedicating our whole life to God because in Christ, in Christ, he's, he's where we find our rest, okay? And so, and so a lot of times when, when, when we think about this, you know, what day do we worship on and things of that sort? We, we fight against these things. We fight, we disagree again about these things, and we fight and we separate and all these different things. And so, but yet the Apostle Paul is saying that now in Christ, we have the right to do anything. Now, one of the things in the Hmong culture is that one of the things that's absolutely taboo or, or whatever uh, that you can't do, right, that, that's, that's, that you absolutely can't do is you can't marry anybody with your same last name, okay? And so, as a Yang, I can't marry another Yang at all, okay? That's... I can never do that. It doesn't matter how, how many generations apart we are, we can't marry each other. And so, but with this Bible verse here, with this Bible verse here where the Apostle Paul says, I have the right to do anything, many of the young, young Hmong pastors took this Bible verse here and they argued that now we can marry our own last name. And many of them, many of them they, 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 they come from that perspective. And so, um, of course, the older pastors, they, they totally disagree with that. And the reason they, why they disagree with that 
is because of the next, next thing that the Apostle Paul says. And so while he says the first thing that we have the right to do anything, he also says not everything is beneficial. Not everything is beneficial. So just because you have this freedom to do these things, it doesn't mean that you can go out there and just behave whatever, you know, and, and can do whatever you want to do, and, you know. And just because you have this freedom, it doesn't mean that you have no responsibilities anymore to yourself, to your people, to those around you, to your church, and things of that sort. And so he's saying that while you, while you have this freedom, you still have responsibilities also. And that's why he says, I have the right to do anything, but not everything is beneficial. And so when, uh, when the Hmong pastors, when the young Hmong pastors were using this first part to argue that now, the, now you can marry your own last name, this is what the, the older Hmong pastors came back with, is that is it beneficial to us as a culture? Is it beneficial to us as a church? Okay? And absolutely it wasn't. It's, it's not beneficial to us because if we as Hmong Christians, if we start marrying people of our same last name, everybody is going to leave the church. Because that's something we just have never done. You know, we've never done that throughout our, our history. And so we start permitting that in the church. Everybody's going to leave. And not only that, all the people that, that are not Christians, they're, they're, they're not going to come to church. We have just lost that whole opportunity to really go out there and evangelize them because they, they will see that, that, that these Christians are crazy now. Right? These, these Christians are doing something that for 5,000 years our culture have totally, totally said no to, and now they're, doing, now, now, now they're practicing something like this. And so that's why the apostle comes back with is that, you know, even though we're free, we have to ask ourselves, is it beneficial? Is it beneficial? Is it, still, is it something that's going to help others? Is it something that's going to help us to become Witnesses for Jesus Christ. And the thing the Apostle Paul talks about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 30, uh, chapter 10, verse 31, and he says, it's all for the glory of God. And so in other words, what he's saying is that, okay, these things are not beneficial. This is the reason how you're going to know whether or not these things are beneficial is whether or not, the first thing, is whether or not it is bringing glory to God. Because in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31, he says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, it must be done for the glory of God. It must be done for the glory of God. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 23, it says, Whatever you do, work heartily, ask for the Lord, and not for men. And so when we think about these things, when we know that we have this freedom, right? When we know that we have this freedom, and yet we're going to do something, we have to ask ourselves, am I bringing glory to God? Am I bringing glory to God? Is the thing that I'm doing here going to glorify God? And in order for us to really do that, it really comes down to what is our motivation? What is the motivation that we have? In James chapter 4, verse 1 to verse 3, it says, What causes quarrels and what causes fight among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder, uh, you covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because, what he said, because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passion. And so the way that we know whether or not we're going to glorify God is what is our motivation in which the thing, whatever it is that we are going to do. Are we truly motivated that by doing this that I am going to glorify God or are we simply trying to do something 
Okay, are we trying to simply do something for, for our own fame, for our own desires, for our own passion, for our own, you know, the, the things that we want, okay? And a lot of times there's, there's fight and there's quarrels among us. It's because we're not focusing on glorifying God, but we're focusing on our own desires, on what we want. A lot of times there's disagreements. A lot of times there's fighting. There's a lot of times there's, there's, there's division, it's because our passions, we have lifted our passions above the glory of God. And we want to find our own self-glory. We, we, want, to, we want to be the one that is being glorified. And, you know, I've been part of churches that has had many, many different issues in the past. And, you know, a lot of times the, fighting, the, the things that we fight over are, are things that doesn't even really matter, right? The things that doesn't even really matter, but it's simply based upon our own opinions, our own preferences. You know, we fight over things such as, should we have beef or should we have pork, right? Should we have red carpet or should we have blue carpet? And these are things that we fight over, and it's our desires and our preferences and things of that sort, and we never ask the question, are we glorifying God in the things that we do? I've been part of churches that like to kick people out, you know, all the time. Just, you know, the first thing they do, kick you out. You know, you, you do something wrong, kick you out of the church, right? And one of the things I always ask them is, does this bring glory to God? By kicking people out of the church. And one time I was part of the governing board of a church, and, and the church was splitting up. And being that I was naive, I said, I said to the board of elders, I said, why don't we give them some money to go help support them as they leave us? And the, and the elders, they just looked at me as though I'm crazy because they were angry at those people. They didn't want to support them, right? They didn't want to support them. They just wanted them to, to get kicked out and to, to leave the church. And here I come, this young 20-year-old, right? This young 20-year-old who, who, who was very naive to them. And I said, why don't we just give them some money to support them as they go start their new church? Because I was thinking that, you know, I was thinking that, you know, you know yeah, we're, we're separating based upon, based upon anger and things of that sort. But, you know, God can always turn this into something that glorifies God. And so if we can actually support them as they go out to start their own church, this might be actually something that might turn into glorifying God. Right? So, so that's, that was my train of thought. Their train of thought is we, they, they just want to get rid of these people as soon as possible because they're causing too much issue in the church. And so the things that we want to do, the things that we want to do is that we want to focus on glorifying God. Are we glorifying God? You know, the, Paul, the Apostle Paul is not, is not saying it's this culture, right? He's not saying, you know, that we were to do all this for the culture. He's not saying we are to do all of this for the, for, because of tradition. He's not saying that. He's not saying that. And a lot of times that's what we focus on. A lot of times we focus on culture. A lot of times we focus on tradition. But the Apostle Paul is saying, don't focus on those things. Focus on whether or not what you're doing brings glory to God. That's the most important thing. That is the most important thing for us to understand. And we see in um, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 7, uh, God says that everyone who is called by my name, whom I created for my glory. What a beautiful Bible verse teaching us the reason why we were created. We were all created for the glory of God. Of God. And the Presbyterians in their Westminster Catechism, they, said, they say this, they say, you know, man's chief end is to glorify God. So our whole purpose, the reason why we exist, we exist for the glory of God. 
We don't exist for a culture. We were not created for, for a culture. We were not created for the Hmong culture. We were not created for the Anglo culture. We were not created for the Jewish culture. But we're created to glorify God. Each and every single one of us. Doesn't matter which culture we come from. Doesn't matter which background we come from. We are all brothers and sisters created for God's glory. And, God, and, and, you know, it's not about tradition anymore, but it's all about glorifying God. It's all about glorifying God. And a lot of times, a lot of times we have issues in the church because we stick so much to, to tradition. We, speak, we spend so much time on tradition because we have been doing this for 100 years. Sometimes that's what we say. But we're not even asking ourselves, is the thing that we're doing, whether, even if it's part of our tradition, is it still glorifying God? And so that's the most important thing for us to understand is that we were created for his glory and all things that we do must be focused on that for the glorification of God, for his glory and his glory only. Like, like I told you guys last week, this is a very, very long sermon. And so I, just, I got through part one, uh, point number one. Okay? So I got about seven, eight different more points and we will discuss that later. We'll discuss that, you know, as we, we uh, proceed through the, the year. But um, that's the first thing I want us to understand is how do we discern? We always discern by asking ourselves the things that we're doing. Does it bring glory to God? Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much for your love. Father, we ask that you open up our hearts and instill into our hearts, Father, that the most important thing for us is to bring glory to you. And that remind us on a daily basis that this is the reason why we exist. This is the reason why you created us, is for your glory. And so may we be able to glorify you in all things that we do. We lift everyone up to you here in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.